Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Music of Life Church podcast. We are going to discuss the forgiveness episode. If you haven't heard it, please give it a listen. We're going to break down the episode so you can help people who've been hurt by this topic. I'm Pastor Jonathan here with Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Hello. Joel. Hey, How you how's it going? Great. Great. How are you? <laughs> so good. We keep talking over each other. I think we're so amped. <laughs> that was such a fun episode. I'm I'm stoked about Pastor Tater. He Teaching really... Man. man, he really did. Yeah, we are jacked. He uh, he jumped right in there and uh, taught the definition of forgiveness. Yep, I think he made our our episode uh, a little more efficient and right. Also, it, it's awesome to hear the impact that the restoration process is having on him. Oh man, it's so exciting. So let's cover, let's kind of cover this doctrine here that we just, we just talked about. So we have forgiveness is stating your will that you won't equal out justice, even if you had the chance. Right. And so what is the, the strict side and what's the loose side, Pastor Joel? Give me an overview of that. What did we learn and what the flock? Yeah. So the, the strict side is forgive everybody. So Mm -hmm. if someone hurts you, turn the other cheek, regardless of who it is. The loose side is also applicable to everybody, but it's this mentality of just forget it ever happened and feel good about the person. Okay. We don't talk about our injustices. Where the strict side, you're at least going to recognize, yeah, something bad happened to me, but I'm going to turn the other cheek. On the loose side, it's if something bad happens to you, forget it, move past it, hit the reset button. And as a believer, it's your job just to feel good about everybody. So with the strict side, it's I'm getting I'm getting the benefit. Well, actually, for both for both sides, we're talking about people who have done injustices towards other people. Right. Right. So with the strict side and with the loose side, these are people who have done, they have committed an injustice and they're using the, you know, the freedom side or the limitation side to get you to bear the responsibility of the interaction. Yeah. And we covered this in the apologies and versus confession episode where, yeah, there's this whole this whole mentality these days in the church where when when I wrong you, I and even if I'm confronted by it or if all of a sudden I just feel guilty about it, what I do is I walk up to you and I I apologize and ask for forgiveness. But what we learned in the last episode in the what the flock side is. And actually, this was a point Pastor Tater made as well. If I confess and repent for the wrong I've done, I don't need to seek forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've already made up for it. So right. why would I say don't do anything wrong to me in return when I've already made up for the wrong I've done to you? So this whole like apologize and ask for forgiveness is this attempt at a shortcut to just move past the whole interaction, to move past the injustice. And in other words, what I'm doing, if if I wrong you and my first step is to say, hey, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? 
what I'm really trying to do is say, hey, Pastor Jonathan, can you just not hold this against me? I know I wronged you. Can you just not equal it out, please? Where it's like, I'm trying to be the one to get benefit. I'm, I'm trying to benefit myself in that case. Yeah. And it's interesting because we've, we've talked about this too in the past is this idea of, you know, what's gonna, if I crashed your car, pastor Joel, and I feel really bad about it. Isn't that enough? Oh yeah. For you, you know, isn't, and that's where it's, it's this complete, it, it, what it is, is it's, it's treating the my emotions the because i feel bad that means that an injustice has been equaled out like that because i used to be happy i crashed your car and i feel bad and me feeling bad is equal to the car crash yeah and you know if you don't forgive me do you just want me to feel worse? I already feel bad. So now you're the bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. forgive me. I already feel bad. What? You want me to feel worse? Then forgive me. It's like, oh, yeah, this gets warped. So it, this, it does. And and so I everything about this, this um, forgiveness topic hinges upon justice. Yes, it does. And I, I don't think, and I, when I grew up in the church, I wasn't taught a lot about justice. Me neither. You know, um, I definitely learned to, to, you know, to say, I'm sorry and apologize. Yep. But there wasn't a lot of, um, give more or give back what you took. Nope. However, Let's let's kind of rewind the clock here. It was that way. It was culturally ethical back in the days of the law. Yeah. Right? You took a, you took a goat, you took a sheep, you took a donkey, you killed someone's animal and you needed to pay more. Yeah. You know, right? You Absolutely. stole one, you 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 know, even the story of Zacchaeus in the New Testament, right? Yep. Zacchaeus is like, I'm going to repay it four times, you know? Right. So that mentality, that cultural mentality was you need to give more. So now I'm just philosophizing here. Has our culture, because we threw out the law, like we said, you know, gr- where grace, grace is, is superior to the law. Right. The law of love yeah. is superior to the law of the Old Testament. Have we gone too far? Yeah, I think so. Because, so the, yeah, philosophizing here. So culturally, well, first let me say this, dispensationally, it's it's required more faith now than it did during the law. Mm-hmm. It it requires you know this dispensation how 
how God is reaching us and working through us as people today is through his spirit and not through the law. The law was tangible. Yeah. The spirit's intangible. The law was objective. And this is where I think people get it wrong is people think the spirit's not objective. Oh, so because we can't see it, I can measure it based off of a feeling, Mm. which goes back to what you said with, isn't me feeling bad enough for you? Like, don't you see how wrecked I am over crashing your car? You need me to feel worse. It's not about feelings. Now, the thing is, we are human beings. We are driven by energy, by feelings. Yeah. That's our behavior is all driven by that. Now, that's why the law was a benefit because it helped us be objective with our behavior instead of only gauging what we do based on how we feel. But just because the law has been fulfilled, and now we take direction from the Holy Spirit doesn't mean it's not objective. Hearing from God is still objective. His influence is still objective. It definitely has feelings to it. But I think if you talk about, have we gone too far? It's going, it's like going, you could argue how the law, like going from these laws, which are kind of on the strict side, instead of landing in the middle to the ultimate conjunctive answer where we're supposed to be, you swing all the way to the other side, to the loose side, and everything's just based off of a feeling. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad or I feel good. And that's what determines my behavior. So I think with, I think that's why forgiveness has been one of the reasons has been warped is because we have gone from culturally this, I think it's also an effect of collectively our thought process has gotten worse yeah. and the worse your thought process gets. Cause you could argue what the, the, the law would be more like in the human thought process. Yeah very disciplined. Yeah. Here's a list of rules. That you logical. Yep. Yeah, it is. It's logical. If you steal a donkey, pay back this. Mm-hmm. Well, the animal thought process, collective thought process would be this. We don't, it's the loose side. It's the freedom side. It's, we don't have rules. What's it mean when we don't have rules? It means it's just based off a of feeling. And that's very much where our culture is, where you get in trouble on social media by posting something, even if it's factual, you get in trouble if it makes someone feel bad. Right. That's our, that's, that's probably the most efficient way I could describe our culture through that example. Yeah. You post something on social media that anybody gets offended by or feels bad by, and you're wrong, regardless Mm. of what you wrote. That's where our culture is. So yeah, have we gone too far? It's like, yeah, we've 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 crossed that that conjunctive answer way into the loose side. And now we're all just drifting out here, bumping into each other and not knowing how to handle it the right way. So my feelings uh, cu- culturally where we're at is my feelings are reality. Yes. So what we would call that if you're a believer is you call that idolatry. Mm. Yep. If the way that you feel is reality, then you 
are determining reality based upon the way that you feel. Right. Instead of some objective rule or guide. Right. Like truth. Right. Something outside of yourself. Because truth doesn't care how you feel. Right. Truth is truth. Truth is self-evident. Truth is rigid. Truth doesn't change. Right. That's why it's so important to have the subjective measure for what we ought to be living our lives according to because our feelings are so strong. So yeah, that's it. I'd like the philosophizing you did there because I think it get, it kind of gives us some insight as to why, why the church has gone the way it has with this forgiveness thing. And it really is this, you know, like Jesus has paid for our debt and you know, I could see us making our way towards salvation in the future and what this means, you know, and these, some of these bigger doctrine like that. Um, But because Jesus has paid our debt and we ask God for forgiveness, then that's what we equate with other people. Right. And so what I think what happens is, is that it's like, wait, if I don't understand how salvation works, if I don't understand, you know, any of these things, then by me stating that I want something from you means that I get it or that I should get it or that I am entitled to it. Right. Because what is more important than salvation? And if I ask God, who's more important than you for forgiveness, he forgives me. So who are you to not forgive me? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing though. I mean, and and we are, we're actually on the path to getting to the salvation thing, oh, cool. but just to touch on it a little bit, the thing is like, yeah, Jesus died for our sins. I'll say this forgiveness is available to everybody mm-hmm. through salvation, right? but there's still a process people have to go through in order to receive that forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's not just unilaterally dished out onto everybody, regardless of how they're living their lives. Because the people who don't become born again, the people who don't get saved, aren't going to be forgiven. They will be judged and they will spend eternity in that judgment. Right. But it all, and all of this hinges upon justice and what is just. And because because God forgives me of my sins, it doesn't mean that justice doesn't exist. Yeah. So people will want to take verses like your sins are from the far as the East to the West versus like God doesn't remember your sins. And we misinterpret and misapply those verses. Right. Exactly. Cause I would say, God saying he won't remember your sins doesn't mean so. so, I mean, I'd love to have the conversation with those people because those people tend to be the same ones who argue that God's nature in part is omniscient. So, so God forgot that thing. He doesn't, he doesn't remember. Mm -hmm. So that's a, that's a piece of information that God cannot access anymore. Is that what you're saying? I'd I'd love to have that question, but, but further than that, the, the point is, when you read scriptures, it doesn't contradict itself at the doctrine level. 
So we need to, that's why it's so important to have our doctrine, right? When we read scriptures, because what we read can at times conflict with other parts of scripture, getting the doctrine, right? The underlying themes and ideas and principles that run throughout scriptures is what helps us resolve those conflicts. So God not remembering our sin doesn't mean that's a fact that he can't recall anymore. It simply means after he's forgiven you, he's not going to hold your sins against you anymore. Mm -hmm. That's what it means when God doesn't remember our sins. That's what it means when our sins are from the far as the east to the west. It means they're not going to be used against you anymore. Once you go through the process of receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior and you're saved, then you receive that forgiveness. That is amazing. But it is. It's all about justice. Right. And that's actually the benefit, the big benefit of forgiveness and why it's a benefit to the person forgiving isn't just because it helps us handle this injustice the right way and it helps us with the emotion of the injustice. But going back to the $10 analogy we talked about in the What the Flock episode, if I state my will I'm not going to take out the justice of the $10 you owe me. And I give that to God. The forgiveness is really stating God's going to equal it out. So like you said, justice still exists. Mm -hmm. As it relates to that $10, God will take care of it because it's between you and me. The forgiveness of my sins, as far as Jesus goes, was still paid for. still exists (laughs) i was forgiven oh i you know what i'd just warn everybody before you have a conversation with jesus to make sure you're not telling him or saying anything in front of him about how forgiveness means that the justice won't be equaled out anymore because his whole death on the cross was paying for that Pay our our debt. Yes. So when we minimize forgiveness and when we equate forgiveness as if justice no longer plays a role in this event anymore, one of the implications there is we are minimizing Jesus's death on the cross and why he had to do that. So this is huge. This is huge. Forgiveness does not eliminate justice. Oh, it's so good. A couple quick things that I wanted to that I wanted to commentate on. The defense strategy against people who are on the strict side. You know, these are the these are the sign carrying Christians that confront unbelievers and they ask you, you know, you have to forgive me, I'm a Christian. So those are the strict those are the strict people. Yep. And what you said is the defense for those people is go to the word. When there are people, and this is a great lesson for anyone who's dealing with someone on the strict side is the Bible says this, let's open it up and take a look at it. Yeah. And when you went to that verse, that Matthew 5 39 verse, you know, if someone's saying to you, I'm a Christian, you need to forgive me. Then you go to that verse and Jesus says, turn, you, you're to turn your cheek to those who are evil. Right. 
those are the people that you turn your cheek towards. So do you want me to treat you like an evil person? Right. If I do what you're asking me to do, then you're telling me to treat you like you're an unbeliever. It's big. That's huge. And then the, the, for people who are on the side of, you know, uh, forgive and forget, right? That's the, that's the freedom side. Forgive and forget. Feel good. Feel good. Yep. You know, I felt bad. I'm asking you to forgive me. You should feel good. You know, like, because I forgave you. So forget, forgive and forget. Yep. And feel good. Forgive, forget, feel good is to the way to handle those people is to flip the pronouns, take the situation and flip them. Do you forget the wrong things that have been done to you? Right. And even do you feel good. good about the people who've wronged you? Right. So how can you request that? What I'm seeing so much in this episode is this, man, the church regarding forgiveness, it has an entitlement mentality. This entitlement mentality of, I am a Christian. I believe this. So therefore, you have this responsibility to interact with me this way. Yeah, it means I don't have to pay for any of the injustices I've done to other people. No, it's it's like being a it's it is it's like being a rich kid walking around going, "Dad's gonna take care of it," you know. Yep. So I crash your car, I steal money from you, I do this thing wrong from you, and I'm saying, you know what, my dad's gonna come in and take care of all of those things. Yeah, he's gonna clean up all of my messes that I make. That's what that is. Mm -hmm. And if we said, if we were to take that situation, we were to flip it and say, what would you think of a parent that did that? Like they would be enabling me, man, they would be. Yeah. And we talked about that in the God is love episode. (sighs) God is not an enabler. Not at all. So in this podcast, we go through how people respond in forgiveness in the church regarding their self-esteem, you know, the confidence in who they are. So pastor Joe, can you walk us through those, those topics according to the self-esteem of a person and how they respond to the topic of forgiveness? Yeah. I like this because, you know, we're seeing how feelings are a big part of this episode, this topic and uh, self-esteem is too. We're talking about the confidence that a person has in who they were created to be. Yeah. And really confidence is faith, which we'll get into the next episode. Nice. But it's it's not only feeling, but it's like half feeling. It's like half logic, half feeling. So this confidence in who you are is a big part of that is how do you feel about the person God created you to be? Right. Well, when a person has low self-esteem, they don't feel great about who they are they definitely want to avoid dealing with the tension of any of the wrong things they've done. So these are going to be people who, when I do something wrong to you, it's your job to forgive me. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. The issue is with these people in particular is this concept we've, we've learned in the past. We call it one way justice. Nice. The people with low self-esteem want one way justice. They want justice for them and against everybody else. Mm-hmm. 
They want good to be given to them, even when they do bad, but they want to make sure they equal out bad to the bad that's happened to them outside of themselves. Mm. All because they don't feel great about themselves. The people with the mid self-esteem, I'd say they have good intentions for sure. And they're just missing some information. These people recognize that these platitudes that are given to them don't help. Mm. And they may even be frustrated. They might not have the right move to make yet, but they have a high enough self-esteem to see this, this garbage about just forgetting and feeling good about people isn't working. Mm. But they also don't feel good enough about themselves yet. They don't recognize the right move they have to make in order to make things right, whether they're the ones who committed the injustice or the other way around. Then the high self-esteem people, they recognize they aren't judge and jury. That's one of the things we said in the what the flock episode. What I like about that is they, like, I think people with low and then sometimes even mid self-esteem do try to feel good about themselves by pointing out the wrongs in other people. Mm. Because, you know, one way I can feel good about myself is if you're as low as I am on this totem pole, right? Right, right. Instead of me trying to increase where I am, if I pull everybody else down, then then I'll also feel good about myself. Because look mm. at you. You're worse than me. Right. Now, with the high self-esteem people, they don't see that. I don't need to prove you wrong in order to feel good about who I am. I don't need to equal out justice on you in order to feel good about who I am. So I can give up control. If I have high self-esteem, I can give up control over the judge and jury aspect of this argument. I can give up control over the justice that's happened against me because it doesn't actually impact who I am. Mm. And in fact, people with high self-esteem are going to recognize how I respond to the things that are wrong done to me is actually going to help my self-esteem increase even more if it's done the right way. Amazing. That would be seeing those through the self-esteem perspective. Awesome. Which leads to the ultimate answer. The ultimate answer is Pastor Joel. The ultimate answer is the definition, which is stating my will that I will not equal out justice on my own, even if given the chance. Awesome. So when someone brings a situation to you, so this the, the goal of this podcast is to help people, to help people. So we're trying to help our, our listeners in this podcast help other people. So when they're helping someone and that person walks up to them and says, oh man, this injustice just happened, or I'm dealing with this injustice, what is your first question to that person? My first question is, is the person who did the injustice against you a believer or an unbeliever? Dude, it, that is our first question. Yep. And that is one thing that we want all of our listeners to have that in their back pocket. Right. You're going to be helping people. People are going to walk up to you and say, man, this thing that's driving me crazy happened. This injustice happened. Something wrong happened. This person said this. This person said that. And there, you know, that's our first question. 
and that will determine the next step that you take from there right right if they're a believer you confront them if they're an unbeliever you forgive man so a question for you yeah because i've had this happen to me yeah i've had somebody i've had somebody walk up to me and say hey pastor joel this person just i just experienced this injustice with this person i said do you think they're a believer or an unbeliever and the response i got was i'm not sure oh what what would you do in that situation you know what i'm gonna go the route of believer and i am i'm gonna say why don't you confront them and see how they handle it and that's exactly what i did because and here's so well now i feel smart (laughs) well i would say this i mean i'm glad you feel smart because i feel like you're you're affirming me through that but but i think it's more because you're a good person because this is actually what we're doing here when when you when somebody says i'm not sure if they're a believer or an unbeliever our advice to them is well treat them like they're a believer first yeah so yeah ultimately what you're end up gonna see you're gonna find out whether the person's a believer or not based on how they handle the confrontation however what we're really doing there in that first step we, we are always trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Nice. We're always trying to assume positive intent. Beautiful. We want, if I'm going to walk up to somebody, you know what? I'll say it this way. When someone just walks up to me, do I want them to assume I'm a believer or an unbeliever? Oh, that's so, oh, that's brutal. Oh, that convicts me. Ah. So, so that's what, that's why me and Pastor Jonathan give that advice to other people in that situation. It's like, well, that's how I'd want to be treated. I want to be treated like I'm an excellent person. So if I don't know someone, should I assume they're excellent or should I assume they're unexcellent? I, I agree with your answer, Pastor Jonathan, because we, at I'll tell you what, I'd rather stand before God and say, I, I was trying to treat these people trying to look up to these people yeah. with my, my first move was to look up to these people. Oh man. And now I feel really convicted that I need to, maybe I need to be doing a little bit more confronting with my interactions outside of church. Instead yeah, and of what, assuming that people are unbelievers, you know, like giving them the opportunity if wrong things happen to make it right. Right. Which also, which also begs the question, is there uh, an objective way to know that when we confront somebody, it's done in love so that if we do unknowingly confront an unbeliever, it's still done in a way where we aren't on the wrong side of justice. Are you setting up a future podcast right now? I don't know. Maybe (laughs) (laughs) it sure sounded like it it. sure does feel like it. Doesn't it? Well, thank you so much, Pastor Joel. Thank you to everyone who's listening. This has been the music of life church podcast. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to hear a certain topic, we would love to answer it. We are on a path. However, man, getting a topic or hearing about something that you want to hear or hear us talk about would be awesome. So please let us know. We'll see you next time.